appendix part three of a contribution to the critique of political economy by karl marx translated by nahum isaac stone this librivox recording is in the public domain three the method of political economy when we consider a given country from a politico-economic standpoint we begin with its population then analyze the latter according to its subdivision into classes location in city country or by the sea occupation in different branches of production then we study its exports and imports annual production and consumption prices of commodities etc it seems to be the correct procedure to commence with the real and concrete aspect of conditions as they are in the case of political economy to commence with population which is the basis and the author of the entire productive activity of society yet on closer consideration it proves to be wrong population is an abstraction if we leave out for example the classes of which it consists these classes again are but an empty word unless we know what are the elements on which they are based such as wage labor capital etc these imply in their turn exchange division of labor prices etc capital for example does not mean anything without wage labor value money price etc if we start out therefore with population we do so with a chaotic conception of the whole and by closer analysis we will gradually arrive at simpler ideas thus we shall proceed from the imaginary concrete to less and less complex abstractions until we get at the simplest conception this once attained we might start on our return journey until we would finally come back to population but this time not as a chaotic notion of an integral whole but as a rich aggregate of many conceptions and relations the former method is the one which political economy had adopted in the past at its inception the economists of the seventeenth century for example always started out with the living aggregate population nation state several states etc but in the end they invariably arrived by means of analysis at certain leading abstract general principles such as division of labor money value etc as soon as these separate elements had been more or less established by abstract reasoning there arose the systems of political economy which start from simple conceptions such as labor division of labor demand exchange value and conclude with state international exchange and world market the latter is manifestly the scientifically correct method the concrete is concrete because it is a combination of many objects with different destinations that is a unity of diverse elements in our thought it therefore appears as a process of synthesis as a result and not as a starting point although it is the real starting point and therefore also the starting point of observation and conception by the former method the complete conception passes into an abstract definition by the latter the abstract definitions lead to the reproduction of the concrete subject in the course of reasoning hegel fell into the error therefore of considering the real as the result of self-coordinating self-absorbed and spontaneously operating thought 
well the method of advancing from the abstract to the concrete is but a way of thinking by which the concrete is grasped and is reproduced in our mind as a concrete it is by no means however the process which itself generates the concrete the simplest economic category say exchange value implies the existence of population population that is engaged in production under certain conditions it also implies the existence of certain types of family clan or state etc it can have no other existence except as an abstract one-sided relation of an already given concrete and living aggregate as a category however exchange value leads an antediluvian existence and since our philosophic consciousness is so arranged that only the image of the man that it conceives appears to it as the real man and the world as it conceives it as the real world it mistakes the movement of categories for the real act of production which unfortunately receives only its impetus from outside whose result is the world that is true here we have however again a tautology in so far as the concrete aggregate is a thought aggregate in so far as the concrete subject of our thought is in fact a product of thought of comprehension not however in the sense of a product of a self-emanating conception which works outside of and stands above observation and imagination but of a mental consummation of observation and imagination the whole as it appears in our heads as a thought aggregate is the product of a thinking mind which grasps the world in the only way open to it a way which differs from the one employed by the artistic religious or practical mind the concrete subject continues to lead an independent existence after it has been grasped as it did before outside of the head so long as the head contemplates it only speculatively theoretically so that in the employment of the theoretical method in political economy the subject society must constantly be kept in mind as the premise from which we start but have these simple categories no independent historical or natural existence antedating the more concrete ones ça dépend for instance in his philosophy of law hegel rightly starts out with possession as the simplest legal relation of individuals but there is no such thing as possession before the family or the relations of lord and serf which are a great deal more concrete relations have come into existence on the other hand one would be right in saying that there are families and clans which only possess but do not own things the simpler category thus appears as a relation of simple family and clan communities with respect to property in earlier society the category appears as a simple relation of a developed organism but the concrete substratum from which springs the relation of possession is always implied one can imagine an isolated savage in possession of things but in that case possession is no legal relation it is not true that the family came as the result of the historical evolution of possession on the contrary the latter always implies the existence of this more concrete category of law yet so much may be said that the simple categories are the expression of relations in which the less developed concrete entity may have been realized without entering into the manifold relations and bearings which are mentally expressed in the concrete category but when the concrete entity attains fuller development it will retain the same category as a subordinate relation 
money may exist and actually had existed in history before capital or banks or wage labor came into existence with that in mind it may be said that the more simple category can serve as an expression of the predominant relations of an undeveloped whole or of the subordinate relations of a more developed whole relations which had historically existed before the whole developed in the direction expressed in the more concrete category in so far the laws of abstract reasoning which ascends from the most simple to the complex correspond to the actual process of history on the other hand it may be said that there are highly developed but historically unripe forms of society in which the highest economic forms are to be found such as cooperation advanced division of labor etc and yet there is no money in existence for example peru in slavic communities also money as well as exchange to which it owes its existence does not appear at all or very little within the separate communities but it appears on their boundaries in their intercommunal traffic in general it is erroneous to consider exchange as a constituent element originating within the community it appears at first more in the mutual relations between different communities than in those between the members of the same community furthermore although money begins to play its part everywhere at an early stage it plays in antiquity the part of a predominant element only in one-sidedly developed nations viz trading nations and even in most cultured antiquity in greece and rome it attains its full development which constitutes the prerequisite of modern bourgeois society only in the period of their decay thus this quite simple category attained its culmination in the past only at the most advanced stages of society even then it did not pervade all economic relations in rome for example at the time of its highest development taxes and payments in kind remained the basis as a matter of fact the money system was fully developed there only so far as the army was concerned it never came to dominate the entire system of labor thus although the simple category may have existed historically before the more concrete one it can attain its complete internal and external development only in complex forms of society while the more concrete category has reached its full development in a less advanced form of society labor is quite a simple category the idea of labor in that sense as labor in general is also very old yet labor thus simply defined by political economy is as much a modern category as the conditions which have given rise to this simple abstraction the monetary system for example defines wealth quite objectively as a thing footnote here two words in the manuscript cannot be deciphered they look like sick outside of itself k kautsky in the footnote in money compared with this point of view it was a great step forward when the industrial or commercial system came to see the source of wealth not in the object but in the activity of persons viz in commercial and industrial labor but even the latter was thus considered only in the limited sense of a money producing activity the physiocratic system marks still further progress in that it considers a certain form of labor viz agriculture as the source of wealth and wealth itself not in the disguise of money but as a product in general as the general result of labor but corresponding to the limitations of the activity this product is still only a natural product agriculture is productive land is the source of production par excellence 
it was a tremendous advance on the part of adam smith to throw aside all limitations which mark wealth-producing activity and to define it as labor in general neither industrial nor commercial nor agricultural or one as much as the other along with the universal character of wealth-creating activity we have now the universal character of the object defined as wealth viz product in general or labor in general but as past incorporated labor how difficult and great was the transition is evident from the way adam smith himself falls back from time to time into the physiocratic system now it might seem as though this amounted simply to finding an abstract expression for the simplest relation into which men have been mutually entering as producers from times of yore no matter under what form of society in one sense this is true in another it is not the indifference as to the particular kind of labor implies the existence of a highly developed aggregate of different species of concrete labor none of which is any longer the predominant one so do the most general abstractions commonly arise only where there is the highest concrete development where one feature appears to be jointly possessed by many and to be common to all then it cannot be thought in of any longer in one particular form on the other hand this abstraction of labor is but the result of a concrete aggregate of different kinds of labor the indifference to the particular kind of labor corresponds to a form of society in which individuals pass with ease from one kind of work to another which makes it immaterial to them what particular kind of work may fall to their share labor has become here not only categorically but really a means of creating wealth in general and is no longer grown together with the individual into one particular destination this state of affairs has found its highest development in the most modern of bourgeois societies the united states it is only here that the abstraction of a category labor labor in general labor sans phrase the starting point of modern political economy becomes realized in practice thus the simplest abstraction which modern political economy sets up as its starting point in which expresses a relation dating back to antiquity and prevalent under all forms of society appears in this abstraction truly realized only as a category of the most modern society it might be said that what appears in the united states as an historical product viz the indifference as to the particular kind of labor appears among the russians for example as a natural disposition but it makes all the difference in the world whether barbarians have a natural predisposition which makes them applicable alike to everything or whether civilized people apply themselves to everything and besides this indifference of the russians as to the kind of work they do corresponds to their traditional practice of remaining in the rut of a quite definite occupation until they are thrown out of it by external influences this example of labor strikingly shows how even the most abstract categories in spite of their applicability to all epochs just because of their abstract character are by the very definiteness of the abstraction a product of historical conditions as well and are fully applicable only to and under those conditions the bourgeois society is the most highly developed and most highly differentiated historical organization of production the categories which serve as the expression of its conditions and the comprehension of its own organization enable it at the same time to gain an insight into the organization and the conditions of production which had prevailed under all the past forms of society 
on the ruins and constituent elements of which it has arisen and of which it still drags along some unsurmounted remnants while what had formerly been mere intimation has now developed to complete significance the anatomy of the human being is the key to the anatomy of the ape but the intimations of a higher animal in lower ones can be understood only if the animal of the higher order is already known the bourgeois economy furnishes a key to ancient economy etc this is however by no means true of the method of those economists who blot out all historical differences and see the bourgeois form in all forms of society one can understand the nature of tribute ties etc after one has learned the nature of rent but they must not be considered identical since furthermore bourgeois society is but a form resulting from the development of antagonistic elements some relations belonging to earlier forms of society are frequently to be found in it but in a crippled state or as a travesty of their former self as for example communal property well it may be said therefore that the categories of bourgeois economy contain what is true of all other forms of society the statement is to be taken cum grano salus they may contain these in a developed or crippled or caricatured form but always essentially different the so-called historical development amounts in the last analysis to this that the last form considers its predecessors as stages leading up to itself and perceives them always one-sidedly since it is very seldom and only under certain conditions that it is capable of self-criticism of course we do not speak here of such historical periods which appear to their own contemporaries as periods of decay the christian religion became capable to assist us to an objective view of past mythologies as soon as it was ready for self-criticism to a certain extent so to say in the same way bourgeois political economy first came to understand the feudal the ancient and the oriental societies as soon as the self-criticism of the bourgeois society had commenced so far as bourgeois political economy has not gone into the mythology of purely identifying the bourgeois system with the past its criticism of the feudal system against which it still had to wage war resembled christian criticism of the heathen religions or protestant criticism of catholicism in the study of economic categories as in the case of every historical and social science it must be borne in mind that as in reality so in our mind the subject in this case modern bourgeois society is given and that the categories are therefore but forms of expression manifestations of existence and frequently but one-sided aspects of this subject this definite society and that therefore the origin of political economy as a science does not by any means date from the time to which it is referred as such this is to be firmly held in mind because it has an immediate and important bearing on the matter of the subdivisions of the science for instance nothing seems more natural than to start with rent with landed property since it is bound up with land the source of all production and all existence and with the first form of production in all more or less settled communities viz agriculture but nothing would be more erroneous under all forms of society there is a certain industry which predominates over all the rest and whose condition therefore determines the rank and influence of all the rest it is the universal light with which all the other colours are tinged and are modified through its peculiarity it is a special ether which determines the specific gravity of everything that appears in it let us take for example pastoral nations mere 
hunting and fishing tribes are not as yet at the point from which real development commences they engage in a certain form of agriculture sporadically the nature of land ownership is determined thereby it is held in common and retains this form more or less according to the extent to which these nations hold on to traditions such for example is land ownership among the slavs among nations whose agriculture is carried on by a settled population the settled state constituting a great advance where agriculture is the predominant industry such as in ancient and feudal societies even the manufacturing industry and its organization as well as the forms of property which pertain to it have more or less the characteristic features of the prevailing system of land ownership society is then either entirely dependent upon agriculture as in the case of ancient rome or as in the middle ages it imitates in its city relations the forms of organization prevailing in the country even capital with the exception of pure money capital has in the form of the traditional working tool the characteristics of land ownership in the middle ages the reverse is true of bourgeois society agriculture comes to be more and more merely a branch of industry and is completely dominated by capital the same is true of rent in all the forms of society in which land ownership is the prevalent form the influence of the natural element is the predominant one in those where capital predominates the prevailing element is the one historically created by society rent cannot be understood without capital nor can capital without rent capital is the all-dominating economic power of bourgeois society it must form the starting point as well as the end and be developed before land ownership is after each has been considered separately their mutual relation must be analyzed it would thus be impractical and wrong to arrange the economic categories in the order in which they were the determining factors in the course of history their order of sequence is rather determined by the relation which they bear to one another in modern bourgeois society which is the exact opposite of what seems to be their natural order or the order of their historical development what we are interested in is not the place which economic relations occupy in the historical succession of different forms of society still less are we interested in the order of their succession in idea prudent which is but a hazy conception of the course of history we are interested in their organic connection within modern bourgeois society the sharp line of demarcation abstract precision which so clearly distinguished the trading nations of antiquity such as the phoenicians and the carthaginians was due to their very predominance of agriculture capitalist trading or money capital appears in that abstraction where capital does not constitute as yet the predominating element of society the lombardians and the jews occupied the same position among the agricultural nations of the middle ages as a further illustration of the fact that the same category plays different parts at different stages of society we may mention the following one of the latest forms of bourgeois society these stock companies appear also at its beginning in the form of the great chartered monopolistic trading companies the conception of national wealth which is imperceptibly formed in the minds of the economists of the seventeenth century and which partly continues to be entertained by those of the eighteenth century is that wealth is produced solely for the state but that the power of the latter is proportional to that wealth it was as yet an unconsciously hypocritical way in which wealth announced itself in its own production as the aim of modern states considering the latter merely as a means to the production of wealth 
the order of treatment must manifestly be as follows first the general abstract definitions which are more or less applicable to all forms of society but in the sense indicated above second the categories which go to make up the inner organization of bourgeois society and constitute the foundations of the principal classes capital wage labor landed property their mutual relations city and country the three great social classes the exchange between them circulation credit private third the organization of bourgeois society in the form of a state considered in relation to itself the unproductive classes taxes public debts public credit population colonies emigration fourth the international organization of production international division of labor international exchange import and export rate of exchange fifth the world market and crises End of appendix part three